Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of the EC Insights Podcast. Today, we're joined by Derek Stenslick, Power System Strategy Manager for Energy Consulting Group. Thanks for joining us, Derek. Yeah, thank you, Jason. Happy to be here. Derek's been working extensively on renewables integration projects in Hawaii over the last couple of years, and we wanted to check in with him to see what's happening uh, in the renewables industry in Hawaii and some of the work he's been doing. Uh, So first things first, uh, tell us exactly what is going on uh, in the renewables industry in Hawaii. Well, renewables in Hawaii is at a really exciting time. Uh, It's really at a nexus and a a lot of change is happening on the industry. Uh, It's one of the fastest growing wind and solar markets in North America, um, if not globally. Uh, Right now, they're leading the nation in distributed rooftop solar. Um, So I think over one third of single family homes on Oahu have rooftop solar, which is a pretty profound uh, number and really leading the nation there. Uh, More recently, the Hawaii State Legislature passed a new law for their renewable portfolio standard. It mandates that Hawaii generate all of its electricity 100% uh, from renewable sources by 2045. So right now, they're pretty far along. They're at 20%, but they've got a long way to go. So there's been a lot of thought about how Hawaii gets from that 20% or a little bit more where they are now to that 100% and what those renewables look like and how the system needs to change over the next 30 years to accommodate that. Uh, finally, you know, there's a proposed merger uh, of the Next Nextera and the Hawaiian Electric Company utility. It's over a four billion dollar utility acquisition and merger um, that's supposed to be announced any day now. Whether or not that's going to go forward, so uh, everybody's keeping a close eye there and how that market might evolve and how things might change if the ownership structure of the utilities changes. So, what are the things that are in consideration uh, if this does go through, or even if it doesn't? What questions does it raise? Well, right now everybody's trying to determine if that acquisition is really in the best interest of the public uh, ratepayers. And so, right now, the Public Utilities Commission is going through thousands of pages of hearings and whether or not that's you know in the best interest. And really, what they're looking at there is can this Nextera Hico merger. Uh, you know, push forward this renewable agenda while keeping electricity rates uh, in check. That's great. Uh, why are renewables growing so fast in Hawaii uh, on the islands? What's driving those opportunities? Well, you know, I think part of it is certainly this desire to be green or this environmental uh, considerations that we see elsewhere. Um, that's really what's driving that RPS, um, renewable portfolio standard target of 100%. Uh, but I think what's great about Hawaii is the economics are really favorable for renewable integration as well. The wind and solar um, is mostly offsetting oil fire generation. So, you know, historically, Hawaii has relied almost exclusively on imported oil for the majority of its uh, power generation. And we know this, it can be expensive and it's very volatile. So right now, you know, oil prices are very low. Uh, Hawaiian ratepayers are benefiting a little bit from that. But we know that, you know, in the long run, oil is going to be both expensive and there's environmental impact associated with it as well. You know, for example, uh, electricity prices in Hawaii are about 30 cents a kilowatt hour. That's about three times the U.S. average. Um, so really, homeowners have looked for new ways to offset that electricity bill um, and looking for ways to reduce. And the utility is looking for ways to reduce the fuel cost for their customers. So that's why we see a lot of interest in wind and solar. 
with the interest, it's you know not all entirely rosy. So um, while there's great opportunity, uh, what are some of the challenges that uh, you know both the state, the utility, and ratepayers may be facing into as they look to go more renewable? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, Hawaii is very unique. Uh, first and foremost, it's an island power system. It's actually composed of six isolated power grids. So each of the Hawaiian islands operates its own electricity grid, and they're independent from one another. Some people are talking about maybe interconnecting those grids. So it's one Hawaiian electricity grid. But right now, isolated power systems, they're really on their own. So what that means is the utility has to manage the wind and solar by themselves. They can't rely on a neighboring power grid or a neighboring utility to support them when they really need it. So explain the significance of that for a minute. As you know, I think most folks that live on the mainland, like you and I, uh, understand that the electric grid is generally interconnected across the United States. And by and large, I think most people probably get that. Well, that means if there's you know a system disruption, i.e., you know an outage or something like that in one part of say uh, the country, it can rely on another part of the grid to back it up and, and you know be a stopgap for power. Is that the case in Hawaii? Uh, well, unfortunately, no. Uh, so Hawaiian Electric Company they operate grids in different uh, different islands, and they're responsible for maintaining that system balance on each of the islands and they can't rely on one another. So for example, if wind and solar drops off quickly, the grid really needs to respond quickly with other forms of generation. Here on North American mainland uh, power systems, first of all, it's not likely that all the wind and solar drops off at the same exact time. In Hawaii, a little bit different. It's very small geographic footprint. So the wind and solar tend to be highly correlated. They move uh, close to one another. So you mentioned one of the challenges is the small geographic footprint in Hawaii. So if wind and solar drop off quickly, right, it's it's a bigger challenge than if it were on the mainland. What are some of the other challenges unique to Hawaii, given its either geography or its location? Well, another uh, emergency event that we look at that makes some of this uh, wind and solar integration more challenging is looking at very quick disturbances on the grid. So if a generator or a load trips offline and shuts down unexpectedly, well, the grid becomes unbalanced. This is what we call system frequency. So if that uh, balance on the grid isn't maintained, it has to be restored, and this is within a matter of seconds. So quickly, help help us understand, what is the balance? The balance of what? So this is a balance of supply, your generation from your power plants, and your load. So the customers using electricity in their homes or their businesses or in industry, that supply and demand has to be in balance at all times. If it fluctuates, then your system frequency will start to deviate. And, you know, some deviation in system frequency is okay. If it gets too big, though, there's a big concern there. And there could be eventually load shedding. So uh, basically the utility disconnecting customers from the grid in order to maintain that balance. And ultimately, worst case scenario, you you could have an island-wide blackout. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, it's not something you necessarily think of on an everyday basis, for sure. Uh, what is this in contrast to, to the standard, uh, I would say, not standard, but mainland North American grids? Well, in North American grids, you have thousands of generators online, or at least hundreds, depending on where you are, that can respond to these contingency events. So losing one generator out of hundreds, not as big of a deal as in Hawaii, where maybe you lose one generator out of six or seven that are operating at that time. So you can just imagine if you instantaneously lose, say, 30% of the generation, 
you know, within seconds, what happens and you have to basically rely on all of your other uh, generators and potentially demand response and load shedding to provide that response and maintain that system balance. Well, clearly the the magnitude is potentially much greater. Uh, the question then becomes, uh, what are we doing in energy consulting and what is Hawaii doing really to uh, plan around these uh, potential opportunities or potential uh, grid disruptions? That's a great question. And, and fortunately, GE Energy Consulting has been doing a lot uh, of research and analysis on wind and solar integration for almost nearly a decade just in Hawaii, um, among other places. And most recently, we, we just completed a couple studies on grid stability, specifically around frequency response and about maintaining the system balance and really making sure that as we bring on more and more uh, wind and solar, we still are able to maintain the grid reliability at all times. So what we did, we looked at you know, how the system operates over a full course of a year and looked at, well, what if we randomly pick times where we had this disruption occur you know, what happens to the system? Is it able to survive that event? If not, what are some mitigations? What are some changes that need to be made in order to uh, take corrective actions and prevent an island-wide blackout or under-frequency load shedding? So you're talking quite a bit about the technical aspect right now. What about the economics of renewable integration in Hawaii? Yeah, another another great question. We also uh, recently completed a renewable portfolio standard study that delved less on the grid stability aspect, but more on some of these economic and operational considerations. And we really there wanted to look at, well, what needs to happen uh, in order for Hawaii to reach those near term uh, renewable targets? So up to 50% of their electricity generation coming from renewable sources. Um, so what types of changes have to be made on the grid, maybe using less uh, thermal generations, cycling those oil units more, um, and providing some of this backup generation for when the wind and solar drops off. We looked at this, and, and the good news is, you know, with decreasing wind and solar costs and even storage costs, uh, these renewables can be integrated into the system at about the same price or lower than where they are today. So you kind of get uh, double impact. You get the environmental benefits, but also some economic benefits there as well. Fantastic. It sounds like a great opportunity in Hawaii, and it's certainly some, some low-hanging fruit that we've identified uh, you know, in the state there and on the grid. Uh, but what's next? Uh, you know, is there more low-hanging fruit? Is that all gone? Does the work get harder from here? That's a, another really great question. Uh, you know, unfortunately, each you know megawatt of wind and solar we add to the grid is going to be a little bit more challenging than the first one. Basically, we need to make ch additional changes on the system. We've already, you know, Hawaii's already made a lot of progress with uh, bringing on that win additional wind and solar, but. As we move forward, they have to look for new uh, creative ways to allow the wind and solar on the system while maintaining that system reliability and stability. So now I think looking at things like storage or demand response, electric vehicles, all of these can be valuable tools that the utility and ultimately customers and ratepayers can use either on the distributed network or the central grid side uh, to really help facilitate additional wind and solar on the system. That's really helpful information. And, you know, so one of the things you talked about earlier was, uh, you know, this compare and contrast between Hawaii and the mainland, especially on the technical side where Hawaii is a very isolated grid infrastructure at the moment. They're not connected. They're individual islands, whereas the mainland uh, can be interconnected, can rely on uh, different territories to support one another. 
what can we learn from Hawaii being an islanded grid? Is what they've, they're learning there and what they're doing instructive for what can happen in either North America, Europe, other places that are more kind of interconnected continental grids? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, ultimately, uh, the challenges that Hawaii is experiencing today are going to be very similar to the ones that mainland grids are going to experience in the future. So maybe the challenges in Hawaii today, California, which is also increasing wind and solar very quickly, maybe they start to feel and in fact, are, are probably starting to are, are working through those challenges currently as we speak. And ultimately, you know, other mainland uh, North American grids are going to have to go through the same growing pains, hopefully, uh, you know, the ones, the lessons that were learned in Hawaii can be applied to other grids. You know, a lot of people call Hawaii the postcard of the future in terms of the electricity uh, and utility space, really because they are on the forefront of some of this wind and solar penetration on such a uh, isolated system and really working through some of these challenges on their own. So I think we can take a lot of these lessons learned ultimately you know, even the large North American grids are also isolated in a sense. And when we get renewable penetration at, at you know, increasing levels, we'll start to work through those kinks as well, there as well. That's great. You know, great lessons learned from, from our studies. You can uh, find those publicly on the HNEI website. Uh, so what's next for Hawaii? What's next for energy consulting in Hawaii? Well, fortunately, we're continuing to do work there. We uh, have a great partnership with Hawaii Natural Energy Institute. Uh, and you said you can, you can go out and get our work there on their website. We're continuing to work with them on some of these challenges. And again, we're going to start looking more into how energy storage, demand response, electric vehicles, how those can be really valuable tools and emerging technologies to help facilitate additional renewable integration on, in Hawaii. Oh, we're looking forward to hearing the results on your next visit to the podcast. All right. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for your time, Derek. And thanks, everyone, for joining this week's edition of the EC Insights podcast. We look forward to seeing you next time. <laughs>